period. I do what I want, period. Move like a boss, period. Oh, I got the sauce, period. See, the goals to see money, no matter the cost, period. I'm kid for rapping these else in my ops, period. Period. I think my ends like a period. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good night. We are here for another episode of the Black People Jacket podcast. I am your host. My name is Mandela, a.k.a. the president, a.k.a. not one of the good blacks. No. A.k.a. the waistline bully. A.k.a. CEO, President, Chairman of the Board of the Waistline Distribution Center. And I am here joined by my brother, my friend, mm-hmm. my Reggie, Mr. Jermaine, a.k.a. Hunker Germs, a.k.a. Mr. Stroke Them Keys, a.k.a. formerly known as your girlfriends. He's just like a big brother to me. Wink, wink. <laughs> A.K.A. Mr. I better not fuck up this relationship because my wife will steal his woman from me. Mr. Jermaine Morrison, how are you? Sir? <laughs> um, you know, all can all things considering, you know, I'm okay. Uh, still... oh, and I forgot, Mr. Jermaine Durant. Yes. Yeah. Because you got that Achilles injury. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's been, um, I'll be honest with you, like, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, so to speak. Um, mm. The only reason why is that I think, um, you know, trying to take all this injury stuff, you know, in stride. But I do realize that, like, when you have even a short-term disability like things are mm-hmm. tougher <laughs> like things are tough like even like just being able to do basic household stuff and uh just to give everybody a little bit of context like i basically live alone right so you know i have my house um most of my people them like yourself live clear across the other country so sometimes trying to get like that immediate support um is is difficult. Now, thank God, you know, I'm a girl and um she's been um very, very helpful. Um, but I think sometimes like for me as a man She has been amazing. Hold on, hold on, rewind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your woman has not just been very helpful. She, she has been, been a blessing, she has been a godsend, she has been everything continue no you're you're 100% correct she has been um I know. and even to that this is why I said listen when a black woman really loves you she'll save your life I'll tell you that straight up it's, uh, it's a real thing it's a real thing um but that being said like even as a man sometimes like you have those vulnerable moments where it's just like yo I wish I could just shower properly on my own you know what I mean that type of thing <laughs> I can't relate but I hear you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, just based off the injury. So, um, 
so it was just like moments of frustration and all that type of stuff because I want to get better quickly but I have to go through this process but apart from that like I'm still thankful to be alive I'm still thankful for the healing that's that's commencing and you know hopefully once I get through this physio which I'm going to start you know next week then we're on the road to recovery okay let's go physio let's go but how you been let's go honestly i'm so happy for you you're healing you're you love your own mind you're you're dead dead you know you're you're not letting this get down that makes me happy appreciate it man how you been though honestly honestly i'm tired Mm. um slightly frustrated Mm. um work's been busy Mm -hmm. um they just threw me into the deep end so that's been good um Mm -hmm. one two little bump in the road you know but i'm the new guy at work so that's Mm -hmm. expected to happen Mm -hmm. but um yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's been this week and last week have definitely been a week been two weeks it's been a Mm -hmm. week not necessarily bad, but it's been a lot. I can imagine. I can definitely imagine. Yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah. Um, I was up super late last night slash this morning. Um, mm. Yeah. So, but I'm good. All as you like to say, all things considered, Jermaine. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I I have an income. Yes. Um, not everyone can be like Uncle Germs and have like nine incomes, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm not like that Jamaican. So, you know, hey, it's the system. Um, <laughs> it really is. But it really is. So it does sometimes. But I, I'm. I feel like I'm too. I'm too tired to rant today. I I understand. I understand. But you know, like I think. The, the, go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Man. No, go ahead. The people who are gonna get cuts, you're lucky. I'm tired. <laughs> well, you know what? In this situation, I think with this episode, you may not necessarily have to rant. Um, okay, good. But we are I'm excited. excited. That's what I'm saying. I'm excited too for this. Like this guest, Jesus. This motherfucking guest, Jesus. Or whoever you pray to. <laughs> well, this guest. I know J- Jermaine, you're at Christiana. You stroke them keys at the church. That's what I was referring to earlier, ladies. Don't mind out of the gutter. Um, <laughs> the, the keyboard, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, this guest. Yes. I'm excited. Oh, you're excited. Man. Yep. She's a boss. Yep. Yep. She's a mom. Mm-hmm. What she said, she got five pitney plus two dogs. Me mm-hmm. have one pitney and one dog. I'm tired. She have five and two dogs. And she, yo, she's bright eyed, right? Big old smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Yep. With five pitney and two dogs. Lot of dogs. Yep. Shout out to her. Yep. She's a podcaster, mm-hmm. speaker, entrepreneur. Uh, oh, author. Oh, oh, don't forget mental health advocate. Mental health 
advocate, mm-hmm. uh, somebody's woman, which is a job in itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, podcast is like the top 1% in the world or 1.5% in the world. A walk in my stilettos. Mm-hmm. Now, I literally cannot walk in your stilettos because I'm in a made for them thing there. So I can't walk um, right now. So I, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I can, I, can, I can try and walk in place of your footsteps, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? We can we can empathize. Mm-hmm. Right? But um listen to her podcast, please. Yes. Um, because yes. you must. She's mm-hmm. dope. She's also a really sweet human being. Yeah. 100 percent Anyways. Y'all don't know who I'm talking about by now. Mm-hmm. You're living under a rock. No, we're like real shit. Yeah. Um, welcome, McKinney Smith. Simit. You have to say Simit the Jamaican way. Smith. M- McKinney Simit. Simit. <laughs> thank you for that introduction, Mandela. And thank you, Jermaine, both of you. Um, I mean, wow. So first, I gave birth to three of those five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. And mm. then I have two bonus children. So my my partner's two sons. Mm. And then I also have a bunch of stepchildren that come in and out of here. And it's like March it's... break. So I've got about four of them coming through today. So I'm just like, yep. <laughs> plus the two dogs, yes. Um, and with the podcast, um, we changed the name in October from um, A Walk in My Stilettos to Heal Her podcast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk I, about I love the same theme yes same theme. i love it look yes. at you good at branding okay you know i think we're we're definitely going to talk about the podcast soon but as per usual we always like to ask ourselves our, our guests this question how are you how's your headspace how am i if i'm going to be myself and authentically answer that question i am managing that's the mm. word I'm going to use right now. Um, life is lifing right now, like lifing hard. And yes. I am utilizing all of the tools that I have studied and been trained to use and to teach to manage at the moment. Because if I didn't have the tools that I have and if I didn't have the coping mechanisms to get through, <laughs> I'd be probably in a mental institution right now. There's a lot happening. Facts. Oh no. Mm. And so how you say life is lifing and you're managing. How exactly are you managing? So I'll be honest. Um it's not easy to always stay positive, but at the end of the day, focusing on what is going right and what I can control has always helped me get through because I feel like everybody's got their struggles. Everyone's got different levels of struggles and everyone has a different level of capacity to manage the struggles that they're dealing with. So, you know, I don't, I don't like to compare anybody's um, issues or struggles, but I think despite all of the crap (laughs) that uh, life has been throwing in my direction, there has also been many blessings, many large blessings. So I'm trying to focus on those so that I don't bury myself in the negative that is that is happening. Like being grateful for the simplest things. Like right now, all my kids are healthy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
being being grateful for the smallest thing there's food in the fridge we're able to make a meal mm-hmm. um you know the bills are paid so um i have to focus on those things mm-hmm. because if i i focus on everything else and they they can they can overshadow everything else that mm-hmm. is happening in life that is worth celebrating so what are some of your tools that you use to cope when just life is just being an asshole one I have big to go back to the basics. <laughs> I have to go back to the basics. I'll be honest with you. I have, since the pandemic started, I have a, a pretty um, intense self-care routine. And I had to um, take a while to get to that that place. But it's broken down into like mind, body, and soul. And I feel like sometimes when people talk about self-care, it's like frivolous. Well, I don't want to say frivolous, but it's like superficial things like you know, getting their hair and nails done and things like that. But when it comes to like my mental health, um, I have to go in in depth with the things that I do and breaking it down into mind, body and soul, make sure that I'm taking care of the different levels. Because sometimes some people will only focus on the body and they go to the gym and they eat right. And then their mind is messed up. Sometimes people only focus on, you know what I mean? So um, some of the things specifically that I do are they're pretty simple, but it's a intense list. So for my mind, I make sure that I'm I'm reading every single day. So whether it be an audio book, um, a physical book, an ebook, I have to get in some reading every single day. Um, I need to listen to stuff that soothes me. So whether that be like R&B music or soft music or um, vibrational frequencies on YouTube, um, you know, it helps me get in, into the the right spirit. And then spending time alone. I'm an introvert. I need alone time to to recharge. People assume that because I'm out there doing all these things that I'm an extrovert, that exhaustion right. drains me big time. So I have to have alone time, whether that be mm-hmm. even in my own house with all the people here. Um, I have to find time just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my body, like I got my my water here. I got to make sure that I'm drinking enough water because of obviously the health benefits. But mm-hmm. um, and then getting enough sleep. I think, yeah. especially in the black community, everyone's always on this this hustle culture. I'll sleep when I'm dead, blah blah blah. Oh, no, I no. tried that. That didn't that didn't work for me. I tried that. <laughs> so part of my self care routine is making sure that I have sufficient sleep. And if I have anything less than seven hours and twenty minutes, thank God for my Fitbit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a nice person. So I have to have enough sleep at night. And then um, staying physically active. I'm not someone that can go to the gym on a regular. I don't. I don't enjoy it. It's not my thing. Um, I've tried it. So I, I need to get my steps in, like just right. being, um, just being, um, mobile. Like there's a, there's a saying that says healthy, healthy motion equals healthy emotion. So yep. making sure that I'm, you know, getting my steps in my walks outside. And then for my soul, geez, prayer and meditation, yep. <laughs> because yep. if I'm not like, <laughs> To me, prayer is talking to God and meditation is me being still and listening because often I find times people will say that they're praying and they're asking for a thing, but then it's like, it's like being on a phone with somebody and you sit and you vent all of your problems. And then when you're done, you have your phone, right? (laughs) So it's being still and actually listening Mm -hmm. for the response. Um, And then I actively practice um, gratitudes and affirmations, hence my, my gratitude and affirmations books and um, basically having a healthy community of, of connections, because when you've grown up, you know, I grew up in Metro housing. I grew up in, you know, a household that was always chaotic. 
the we don't we don't give credit to the importance of communities where we feel safe physically mentally emotionally we don't give enough credit to safe spaces that allow us to just be ourselves without judgment or yeah. um, you know any of those things so like that's my self-care routine <laughs> to stay sane you know what, what? Like, honestly like i 100 identify with everything that she says because one of the things that uh that you mentioned uh especially one of the concept of self-care i mean there's levels to it and it's different parts so you know not only self-care in terms of your physical health you also look at your financial health you look at ways to get more sleep you know what i mean things that will help your mind your body your soul like and everybody knows like what i believe um prayer has definitely been one of those that that's kept yeah. me grounded and kept me connected um and so honestly, that works for you. no it, it works and everybody's gonna be different right um right. it's it's always gonna be different uh but self-care people have to get away from as you rightfully said from the frivolousness of of what self-care is presented as yeah fine if you want to go shopping cool that's up to you right uh but there's more to that because at the end of the day it's care of self right it's really care of self that's what self-care is you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh, my question to you though because this is actually a great question to segue into so my question to you is how has your mental health journey been that led you to now do the stuff that you do you know in my studios and now well it's now brand to heal her tell mm -hmm. us of that journey if you don't mind yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jermaine Lemon, <laughs> with the questions, Deb. Listen, you, you actually came up with some great questions. I was like, you know what, Madeline? Go ahead, you therapist. You go ahead, therapist. <laughs> Honestly, um, it's interesting. So a commonality that I, I talk about on my podcast is that our pain births our purpose. And what helped me transmute my pain <laughs> into something um, better and to be able to make an impact, not only just for myself, for my household, my family, but on a global scale is when you go through something, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what you are going through is not just about you. Like our story isn't just, um, it isn't just about us. It's for us to be able to utilize, to help others. It's a tool. It's a, a, a blueprint for somebody else to get through what they're going through, to inspire them, to motivate them. So using my quote unquote trauma um, and healing through that and leading by example and sharing my experiences. And I'm going to say, as I've been on the healing journey, the things that I have learned, the people that I've connected with, sharing that with the community has helped me build not only the brand, but a network and a, a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, so I went through right before the pandemic hit, I went through a traumatic event that um, forced me to actually look at my childhood. Um, it's interesting. So at the end of the day, we're all adults walking around with these trauma responses from our childhood yeah, yeah. wounds and childhood traumas. And I did not realize how much of my behavior or of my actions were trauma responses, things that I thought, okay, well, 
you know, yeah, that happened. So what? Keep it moving. Um, it was basically my trauma response. And I went through a unexpected breakup that, and I'm, you know, I talk about this on other platforms. I don't really want to go there so much right now, but mm-hmm. kind of like a Tinder swinder <laughs> experience. Um, oh, and then, um, you know, being ghosted and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. when you've dealt with like um, emotional manipulation and emotional abuse and financial abuse, all those things, being someone who considered yourself, you know, independent and, you know, had boundaries and smart and all those things. And you realize, oh, wait, you fell for all of that stuff. You allowed somebody to come into your space and do this. You opened up the door for these things to happen because you thought you had boundaries. You thought you were good. You thought you were, you know, all these things. And then when that traumatic event happens and you realize, oh my God, not only can I not function, I don't want to function. I don't want to be here. All the, like all of these thoughts come up and Mm -hmm. having to get support to be able to get back on my feet. And then I went on this journey of wanting to understand everything. And there's a lot of people that may go through some of these things and because they're living through the shame or the guilt, not wanting to share these things openly are suffering in silence. And I'm the type of person where I'm, I'm good. I'm okay with sharing my scars, not my open wounds. So as I'm going through it, I need to heal and process first because I don't need other people to come in with their opinions and their judgments and it's make true. that wound even, even deeper, right. It's and true. It's true. <laughs> on my open wound. Mm-hmm. So I needed to understand what I was going through before I could share and be open about it. And I went on a deep dive, like last year, actually. So the year before, I think I read like 21 books and last year I read 23. Like for me, those, that's a big deal from someone who used to struggle to read one book a year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, understanding trauma, understanding healing, understanding narcissistic abuse, understanding ch- you know childhood wounds, childhood traumas, all those things, mm-hmm. and realizing, oh, whoa, um, not only did I experience narcissistic abuse, but I attracted narcissistic partners. Why did mm-hmm. I attract narcissistic partners? Hold on. So- <laughs> Rewind that, please. Say that line one more time. I attracted narcissistic partners. How did you come to that conclusion? So after that traumatic breakup um, and doing the deep dive and reading all the materials, and I guess partially because I'm a mindset coach and a lot of the the things that I have to study and understand, I went on because of personal interest, a deeper dive um, into uh, the history of trauma and personalities and and all those things. Right. And... uh, looking back at every relationship that I have had and mind you, like when I was 14, I met my daughter's father and we were together eight and a half years. And then after that, I met my son's father. We were together eight and a half years. Like I'm used to being in long Long. committed relationships. But if I look at all my history of relationships from the jump, Mm -hmm. they were not healthy. They were not healthy relationships. And when you start to study what a healthy relationship is, and when you start to study why people who are empaths and people who are, you know, open-hearted and all these things, why they attract this type of personality, my mind was blown. 
and understanding on a deeper level, okay, well, where does that come from? Well, that comes from your childhood. That comes from your upbringing, having a narcissistic parent. And mm. basically it's the familiar spirit. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's feeling that the toxic love that we thought was love growing up, mm -hmm. we thought that was normal. So then we enter into these relationships and that toxic behavior, we're like, oh, well, this is normal. Right. So it forced a deep dive and forced me to assess not only my childhood, but my family and my upbringing and all those things. And it was extremely painful, but I learned so much in the process that I couldn't not share that and help other people get through what they're going through. Mm. Okay. So question, Do, have you, throughout all of this, this whole journey, have you given yourself grace? Yes. Yeah. That took some time, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when did you learn to do that? I'm going to say during the pandemic, when I had to take a step back from everything and slow things down. And that's where I built that, you know, that self-care routine. At first I was shaming myself. At first I felt like, well, I gave this person access to, you know, financial stuff. I gave this person this control of this, or I, I, I blamed myself at first. And then when I went through the, through the understanding of how these people manipulate and how it's not, you know, it doesn't come off as them being toxic at first, obviously, you know, there's a cycle with the love bombing and all these things where they get you to build trust in them quickly. Like all the, th I had to learn, oh, well, I was manipulated. Okay, well, you know, one, I didn't ask to grow up in that environment. That's the cards I was dealt. Like all of these things I had to realize, okay, it's not quote unquote my fault. Um, and then once I learned what healthy boundaries were and how to implement them, I realized how some of those things were able to continue and take place. And I had a friend say to me, um, maybe a year or two ago that she wished I would give myself as much grace as I give to other people. And that's when it clicked for me. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. I, I brush stuff off that other people do all the time. And I say, well, maybe they did that because I'm always trying to give other people the benefit of the doubt. You know, they're, yeah, they're hurting yeah. right now. They're, they're angry because blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to take that personal. Okay. So then why am I doing that to myself? Mm. um yeah so I had to learn to give myself grace you know that's I tend to find that people who are are givers so to speak because I like to consider myself a giver we tend to kind of give other people the, uh, the benefit of the doubt and kind of be more harder to ourselves when it really should be kind of flipped a little bit it does start with us right mm -hmm. um we know what the more that we understand how we react is the more that we know that, you know, it's important to, yes, hold yourself accountable, learn some stuff, but give yourself that grace so that it's, you don't have to beat yourself up so much because that, that yeah. really does not help in the long run. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I am, I am my toughest critic. Nobody, like, I could care less what anyone else has to say about me. That's why I can speak my story and, and say whatever mm -hmm. say whatever you want to say judge what you want to judge that's on you I'm I'm my own worst critic I 
whatever someone else has to say can't be worse than what I've <laughs> said <laughs> to or about myself and had to give myself, um, you know, like forgive myself for. So. So then let me ask you this question and it's going to be a two-parter. Um, what then, what then does a healthy relationship with yourself look like? And what oh. does, and what does a healthy relationship with others look like now that you've gone mm. through, that you're going through this process? Yes. Great question. Great question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So a healthy relationship with myself, one, a lot of the things that I was doing before I didn't realize was technically considered a self-harm. And I had a session um, with a, a coach and she was basically explaining to me the simple things that I was doing um, that I didn't know was self-harm. Like, for example, when I gave you my self-care routine, I was, you know, trying to survive off of five hours sleep, knowing that I, I can't, you know, I'm staying up late, working how many hours, sometimes, you know, 12, 15 hours going straight, sitting at my laptop, doing all these things that mm -hmm. was self-harm. Mm -hmm. So I now have, I'm going to say boundaries for myself, or cr I've created routines mm -hmm. and systems for myself so mm -hmm. that I can stay on top of committing to my wellness. Um, so for something as simple as my schedule for the week, um, I no longer work weekends, which is why my kids are confused why I'm recording with you guys today. <laughs> but um, I, I used to work seven days a week. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't work Sundays anymore, but I was still working all day Saturday. I don't do that anymore. I give myself time to rest. Everyone who knows me knows Sunday is self-care Sunday. My kids know this. Their partners know this. Like everybody knows this. Don't bother me on Sunday. It's my day to rest. It's my day to do what I want. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me to cook. Leave me alone. Um, Monday to Friday with my clients, being able to set schedules where they know that they can only book sessions with me Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on my online calendar. I'm accessible to them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not... I, I may be working Monday and Friday, but I'm not accessible to them. So being able to set boundaries for myself and then because I need to keep those commitments to myself and honor what I've set out to do for my goals and, and my mission, teaching other people how to respect that and being okay yeah. if people are upset that that doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. Because I've learned that a lot of my boundaries Anyone who is upset that I have them are the people that have been violating them to begin with. So how that's changed the healthy boundaries in terms of relationships with other people and what that looks like. I have family members that no longer talk to me because I've set boundaries and because they were violating those boundaries, they now see that as, oh, well, you think that you're too busy or too good to give me access 24 seven. Okay. Well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay. No problem. Very West Indian. Thank you. <laughs> right. Okay. So I, I, I've had to be okay with that. Um, I've had to be okay with friends getting upset that when they call me, I don't answer the phone. Why? Because my phone, since that traumatic experience, has been on Do Not Disturb 24-7. The only people who get through that Do Not Disturb is my partner and my children. Mm. Anyone else? You don't have unlimited access to me anymore. So people have a hard time with that. I have friends that are like, why, why do I have to schedule a call with you? Because I'm busy. I'm not available to you right now. Right. You know, we, we've been conditioned to allow people to interrupt us at any time of the day. Mm -hmm. 
Like you could be having the greatest day ever and you're out with your family and somebody calls you with their foolery, their, their drama, their gossip or whatever that you don't have the capacity for or even interest for, mm -hmm. but then they want to emotionally dump on you. And then that throws the whole vibe for the rest of your day out. And that affects your time with your family. Mm -hmm. So because I have been so, <clears throat> because I've been so um, committed to my self-care, other people have a problem with that, but I'm okay. I have learned that the people that respect my boundaries, the people that understand why I've had to put these things in place, mm -hmm. I have a deeper connection with those people now. Makes I, I could not have said that better. <laughs> Any better. And it's so funny because we recently had this conversation with another guest mm -hmm. on our show. I think this is the universe trying to tell us something, Jeremy. Listen, God knows what he's doing, man. God knows what he's doing. That. No, because that resonated with me on a level and i don't really know why but it just did so thank you for sharing that because that was i'm like after after this um this recording i'm gonna have to like think about stuff <laughs> oh don't worry it's gonna be a whole thing, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's gonna be a whole thing. but you know what like um can you like you hit the nail on the head when it comes to boundaries right boundaries on yourself healthy boundaries on yourself which translate to healthy boundaries when you interact with others right you okay. are the most important person in your life basically right and so it's going to be important that yeah. whoever has access to you are really the ones that respect those boundaries and therefore you know you've developed those deeper connections Any, anyone else that doesn't understand that those are the people that will continue to violate your boundaries and hence in some ways make you feel unsafe right yes yep. absolutely because absolutely. it is in a lot of cases like for me like in my experience right um because i'm also pretty in introverted myself and so i'm always used to when i'm out there working you know 15 different jobs people are pulling at you you know people are pulling mm -hmm. at your energy basically uh, and they're pulling at me like on a regular basis to the point where at times i feel like i don't have time for myself um, it's hard for me to actually recharge apart from actually going to sleep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I realized a while back, like that was really no good for my, um, my mental health, um, my emotional health, especially physically, that's, it was not going to work. Um, and so setting those boundaries, people have to understand that boundaries are not necessarily as a way to say, yeah, I don't like you type of thing. This is, mm -hmm. this is just more so for my own safety my own well-being if i'm going to be yeah. able to be present for anyone else then i need to make sure i protect myself absolutely people look at someone else's boundaries as a rejection of them and not self-preservation exactly because yeah. at, at the end of the day we're all we're all projecting our own insecurities when we interact with other people right mm -hmm. so if if i'm insecure about something or I feel like because of my insecurities that if you don't give me access to your time, that means you're doing this, that, and the third, mm -hmm. you know, that you shouldn't be doing when, no, that's just you trying to protect your energy. That's just you trying to protect your mental health and your well-being. So I find that the more that I've set those boundaries and the, the people that have stayed close, 
-hmm. those people, even their perspective of life is very different. Um, I put up a post, I think it was last year on Instagram where I said, I said, healed people hear differently. I could share an experience with you and someone who is not healed, someone who is still um, processing maybe their own traumas, someone who is still at that low vibrational state, they may take offense to what I've said or not understand what I've said or you know, have an issue with what I said or judge what I said, whatever. Someone who is on their healing journey, someone who is open to hearing, they will hear that completely different and they can either be inspired or motivated or what have you from what has been said versus someone who isn't. I find sometimes someone may say something or, you know, you could say something to, I don't know, a friend that, you know, and that person is going through some stuff and they get upset by what you've said. Meanwhile, it wasn't even intentional towards them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've I've had people. It wasn't about you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've had people take offense to quotes that I put up on Instagram and I'm like, you weren't even a thought when I wrote that. Like, why, why would you, you know what I mean? Why would you think that I was throwing shade? I, I don't have time for that. I'm turning 43 yeah. this year. Like yeah. I'm not 12. Like, hold on. I'm... You're turning what? <laughs> I'm turning 43. Listen, uh, I next can month. Actually. <laughs> next month. <laughs> yeah. April 18th. You, you know what? I can identify with it. You mirror the same age. So you know what? That's all right. Yeah. See, this is why, this is why wow. black is beautiful. This is why black is yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Black does yeah. not crack. That should be the name of this episode. Nope, <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But, but uh, yeah. But go keep going. Keep going. As you were saying. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I used to hear things like women say that after they turn the age of 40, you know, they don't care anymore. It's all about them, blah, blah, blah. What, what I have experienced from that after I turned 40 mm-hmm. is, I am not afraid to speak my mind in a respectful way. I am not afraid to communicate my needs. I'm not afraid to tell you how I feel because before that I was like, oh, well, what if they get mad at me? What if they don't like me anymore? What if they stop talking to me? That I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I've hit that point. I don't care. Like yeah. if I have something to say, especially if I'm putting something up to inspire others or to share on social and someone wants to take offense to that, if it was about you, I'd at you. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk the truth. Talk the truth. Talk the truth. Hot so, King Saturday. <laughs> um, Mandel, can I ask this question, if you don't mind me asking? Um, well, you can. Well, I'm just saying. Um actually want to dive a little bit into um a little bit more into heal her like the concept mm-hmm. of it uh i know that your your brand basically uh has been there to empower women um to really um not only from a mental health uh perspective but others um first of all one why the reason for it and two mm-hmm. where are some of the things that you've noticed especially going through this process, what do you, what is the one thing or what are the, some of the things that you've noticed with women that they've had to deal with, that they have to overcome? What have they been talking to you about really with this whole, whole uh, concept? 
Okay, so to answer the first part of the question, um, when I started the podcast almost five years ago now, um, it was supposed to be an extension of my first book. So my first book is called A Walk in My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace. Mm -hmm. And it was me sharing my story, how I, um, I guess, in examples of my resilience and using that to inspire other people, you know. And when I started the podcast, I wanted to interview other women and share their stories of resilience to inspire other women. Because at the end of the day, our stories connect us. Um, you know, people remember stories more than they do facts. And I've gone to so many different countries and you share stories with people. And it's like, no matter where you're from in the world, we have so many similarities that we don't realize. We're more like than we are different. So I originally started the podcast for that. And being an introvert, not wanting to really hear my own voice, like, I don't want to start a podcast and be the only one talking. Like, I just want to, you know, I'm curious. I just want to ask people questions. So it started out as that. And then it evolved into like therapy sessions. <laughs> I, I think 90% of the people that I've had on the podcast, once I stop recording, they're like, oh my God, that felt like therapy or, oh my God, where do I put my offerings? So to me, it felt fulfilling in a sense of, okay, so it's not selfishly just about, you know, what I'm trying to do with this, but it's actually helping the guests, the listeners. And then as I went through my healing journey, like I said, a couple of years ago, I realized unintentionally my curiosity shifted to healing mm. and I wanted to make the show because the title, A Walk in My Stilettos, to me, even though it was walking in someone else's shoes, still felt very self-focused and that's not who I am. So I was like, how do I make this more of a community thing? And I kept trying to think of names that would be more inviting, but also still hold meaning to what the show was about. So when I changed it to Heal Her, I want, so the Heal is um, abbreviated. Mm -hmm. So H-E-A-L, um, it's Honor, Elevate, and Love Her. Mm -hmm. And it's shifted from just I simply like sharing, thank you. Uh, it's shifted from simply sharing stories of resilience to really just having conversations with people on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things <laughs> that people are going through and that we are commonly, um, I guess, in need of a community to heal through or heal from, um, whether it be grief, whether it be breakups, whether it be, you know, there's so many things, mm. um, you know, I've even had influential women who are in, in business, working for big corporations and dealing with, you know, toxic environments that, emulate toxic relationships like there's so many things so like some of the commonalities um like i mentioned before the the where i said our, our pain births our purpose uh -huh. all of these women especially the, the the women who were entrepreneurs they went through something that hurt them uh -huh. and they used that to help others. They used how they got through that to help others. They started companies because of something that was lacking in their life or something that they needed. Um, that was one of the main commonalities that I've seen in the show, but I find the women that say yes to being a guest on the show, they're in that space where they're open to being vulnerable. They're open to being transparent. They realize the importance of, um, I don't even want to use the word authenticity because everyone throws that word around and it's like, we still people still see people being 
fake as heck on 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 social. That's it's right. they're they're willing to go deeper. They're willing to have those uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. to the point where sometimes I don't even realize that if someone isn't ready to receive or hear that, that it could be uncomfortable. But yeah. people who are in that space, it's become a safe space where they're like, this is where I can go to have a conversation to feel like, oh my God, I'm not alone in my stuff. Oh my God, maybe I should seek therapy. You know, this this woman built a $4 million company and she's talking about why she needs therapy because of her trauma. Or this woman experienced the same exact thing I did. So it's helping women, everyday women, see that, you know, that woman over there who's making that money or doing those things, she's no different from you. She experienced the same stuff as you. She's just processing her hurt so she can move on and is not feeling stuck alone in her room in a dark space. So I feel like the show has become community therapy. Mm. Um, there's a, a, a book, um, what is it called? Um, Oprah wrote a book called What Happened to You? Um, and she wrote it with uh, Dr. Bruce Perry. And it's talking about how to get through our, our traumas. Um, it's focused on, um, I guess, healing trauma. And the doctor was explaining how community can actually be uh, more helpful to heal than actually going to individual sessions of therapy. You can have uh, faster healing in safe communities than going to individual therapy. So having these these communities where women are tuning in, like I'm I'm still mind blown when I hear the ranking of the show or when I get emails that it's, you know, hit top in certain countries because it's like, this introverted girl who grew up in government housing, who has social anxiety and doesn't want to go outside, gets to have these deep conversations with people and share it. And there's people in Malaysia and there's people in you know Australia and it's hitting charts in all these countries because we are so alike. We are connecting through our stories. So that, I don't know, sometimes I get emotional. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had... Um, there was an episode I did with Patricia Jagernaut um, uh, after yes. she left Bell Media. Yes. And our conversation, we cried so many times in that conversation because it was mm-hmm. like aha moments for her about the last 11 years of her life. Mm-hmm. It's like leaving a toxic relationship and not realizing you were in a toxic relationship until you sit down with the therapist and they're like this, 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 and that. Yeah. So it, those things, it, like I said, it's not only therapy for me and the guests, but also the listeners, because all of the women that have people reach out, you know, through social and emails after they listen to these episodes to, and they want to share their story with me in my DMs. My DMs are always filled with other people sharing, you know, oh my God, I'm going through this exact same thing right now. It is a daily reminder that I'm on the right path. It's a daily reminder mm-hmm. that I'm living my purpose. It's a daily reminder that no matter how many things I've gone through or how much hurt I've experienced or trauma, I am a healer. And when I say that, I can say that in a sense where I'm not saying that from a, a egotistical point or, yeah. you know, giving myself a title, but mm-hmm. naturally we, as people, we are our own healers. Mm-hmm. If you cut yourself right now, the doctor doesn't heal you, you heal yourself. Right. Yep. So yep. it's, it's yep. understanding everything that I'm putting out there intentionally to help others is actually helping them heal so i feel very comfortable in the new name of the show heal her i have a final question from myself because 
I swear, everything you've said has just been bars, facts, more <laughs> bars. She was an MC in her past life. She has to That's be. She was. She had to be. No, like, like for real. It's like bad gal talking things. Yeah, you know I mean. Mm-hmm. So I have a very simple question. What does gratitude mean to you, and how has it played a part in your healing journey? Oh wow. Okay. That's actually a very easy question for me. Um, not only because I practice it daily. And when I say practice it, it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be alive right now. I'm grateful because my, my kids are healthy. Um, but writing it down. Um, there's something that happens in our brain when we write things down. You know, we're, we've been so conditioned in this digital world of, you know, texting and making notes in our phone. But yeah. when you are writing things down by hand, it's something triggers in your, the conscious part of your brain and that causes you to feel. So then that digs into your subconscious part of your brain. And when you feel it forces you to take some kind of action. So if I say that I'm grateful for something right now, I immediately need to attach that to a feeling. Hmm. So if I say that I am grateful for my partner, why am I grateful for him? And then I have to think about the feeling because he makes me feel emotionally safe. Mm. He has, he, he, he calms my nervous system. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's kind, he's generous. He makes me feel very feminine. He makes me feel Human. like I can trust him around Human. my children. Like yeah. there's, you know what I mean? I, I have to connect it to a feeling mm. yeah. and the way that our brains work, every thought that we have sets off a chemical reaction. So yeah. if, if I think about this thing that I'm grateful for and I connect it to a feeling, it sets off a chemical reaction in my brain that actually changes everything within me if, with how I function. Yeah. So when you are focused on gratitude, people, I want to say this, sometimes we're taught a thing, but we're not explained the thing. So we don't understand how it works. So we brush it off. Right. So uh, with gratitude, if you're connecting that with a feeling and it's a happy feeling happiness it's really a label for the the high vibration right and when you're on that high vibration you are able to attract more things that are high vibrational because we attract what we're in harmony with i don't know if that makes sense and if, okay if i'm going to say it from a spiritual point from the church perspective familiar spirit again right mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, if I, if I'm in a good space and I am in the spirit, mm-hmm. I am attracting familiar connected spirits that resonate with that. Does that make sense? No, yeah. listen. Yeah. Let the church say amen. <laughs> Let the church say amen. <laughs> so regardless of what is happening in the day, I can find something to be grateful for so that I'm not depressed about it for the rest of the week. Mm. <laughs> goodness yo honestly Manila, like manila first of all we're just gonna tell you uh it is a privilege to have somebody of it your caliber like she she is a distinguished like a distinguishes distinguishes 
but unreal though like for you to uh grace us uh with your knowledge your experience on this podcast we are uh, i've never heard him use that word eh? i <laughs> said grace <laughs> honestly we're 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 appreciating gratitude for you to even accepting our invitation hopefully this will not be the only uh uh only time that you will be here we would hope to connect with you soon because we're oh, just we're doing it again oh no we have to because <laughs> i think we're we're just scratching the surface um but we just um, do... i also have some ideas sorry continue so <laughs> come out <laughs> but definitely we do appreciate you um now for those that for whatever reason are living under a rock could you please tell the people them how they can find you what social media um platforms do you have how can they reach out and connect with you uh absolutely first i just want to thank you both um i know you've uh, edified me but i want to thank you both jermaine and mandela because at the end of the day we are co-creating an experience so i am grateful to be able to co-create this experience with you both um <laughs> in terms of social I mean, it's probably easiest if people can can Google McKinney Smith or Walk in My Stilettos and all that stuff will come up. But mm-hmm. I probably spend um, the most amount of time on Instagram. My personal Instagram is the real McKinney Smith. Uh, they can also go to Walk in My Stilettos. The website is awalkinmystilettos.com. Um, it'll link you to the podcast, the services, the books, um, yeah. all that good stuff. Um, also if there's anyone on here, you know, interested in documenting their journey and wanting to leave a legacy, I actually help people to publish their books, um, to major, um, online platforms. So that's, uh, legacyleavers.ca. Um, yeah, the podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Look up Check for it out, please. Podcast. Check it out, please. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. And honestly, I I gotta I wanna I let me put this out there. I wanna have you both on my podcast because I had decided this year that I didn't want to only interview women. It started out with just interviewing women, and there are so many men that are now open to having conversations about our wellness and our healing. And we want to hear from you as well. So I've started interviewing some men. So um, I've I've published a couple of them and I have some coming out. So um, yeah, let's do that. Run it, run it. Listen, <laughs> give us the first, yo, give us the first available date. We are on there. Promise. We are there like swimwear. We're on <laughs> there like a carnival costume in Trinidad. Are you mean? <laughs> this for this this will be a fun episode i promise you that <laughs> oh my goodness it will be uh mandela i know listen yeah. i know i ask you this question but i'm gonna ask you every anyway. episode yeah every single episode yeah. i know but if if the people them want to follow you which i know you don't want them to but if they want to follow you actually you know what forget it not follow you how can they follow us you know what? I am glad you said that because since I have a big, big job now, mm. can't be giving out the government Instagram handle. McKinney <laughs> knows it, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I said the government Instagram handle. Like ours isn't the government either. Um, 
follow us on Black People Check-In, B-L-A-C-K-P-P-L mm-hmm. Check-In. Um, find us on Instagram, on Twitter. We need to yep. use a Twitter more, actually. Yeah. Um, Instagram. It's getting, it's getting kind of boring, but yeah, it is what it is. Twitter is, is kind of... Anyways, we'll discuss that at a later date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, Twitter. But if you, ladies, if you want to follow Jermaine. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Which I'm going to suggest you can follow, but you can't touch. <laughs> right. Because he's taken by right. a wonderful black woman. I'm yes. just saying, she's amazing. My wife and I are very big fans. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing, but we're really fans of this individual. <laughs> you know who she is. <laughs> Let's not make an obsession. Where can the gal? No, you know- no. Oh God, no. We're not. We're not. We're not that people. Uh-huh. Um, Jermaine, where can the gal them follow you? <sighs> where you will be breaking their hearts on Instagram? Oh my God. Okay, so. If you need to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, which, I mean, I'm not really on there because of Elon Musk, but that's a different conversation. You can also catch me on Instagram, both, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, which is germs394, that's J-E-R-M-S-394, on both Twitter and on uh, Instagram. Also, you will be able to, because I'm on TikTok now. So you will see oh, me. In, yep, you will see me in my car, Mister Car Talk, on TikTok. So Mister Car Talk. Question for you, Jer- hit me. Question for you, Jermaine. Do you film those when your girl is mad at you and kick you out the house, or her <laughs> house, or your house? Is that why you're in the car so often? <laughs> no, man, no. <laughs> No, people want to know. I ask the questions that people want to know. Here's here's what here's what I'm gonna say. My my girl and I do not live together, so that's for one. But it will get to the point where we're going to live together once we get married. But that that being said, but that being said, um, I'm usually in my car. It could be in front of my house. It could be in park lot. I'll be in my car somewhere. That's for sure. And if I got something on my mind, I'm gonna talk it through. You know, so um plus there's also some other things down the pop pipeline but you're not going to find out until the next episode that being the said next episode oh yeah i got a surprise next episode oh god okay should i be worried excited <laughs> you don't have no patience Jermaine. no 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 you you can't already know about it so it's gonna be revealed to the masses but that being said that being said not taking too much time McKinney, we appreciate you. We appreciate McKinney, you. We appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. And of course, to all the people that are listening, again, please find us on Black People Check-In on all social please. platforms. We ask that you not only like, share the damn thing. Share. Share, please. Okay. Okay. American so, listeners, I know you understood that part. Yes. You don't understand what I say a lot of the time, but you understood that. Yes. Fair. Yes. Fund American people, education. Yes. <laughs> y'all y'all people in Africa, we love you too. Just letting you know. We love you too. Africa. Americans, we love you. I tease yeah. y'all a lot, but we do love you. Yes. 
just don't be like Trump. But anyway, so as I said before, <laughs> on behalf of myself, or Candace Owens, or Ben Carson, right? Thank you. Uh, but of course, on behalf of myself, Adela, can you? You just want to say thank you very much. Love you all.